The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. John was standing with two of his disciples, and as he watched Jesus walk by, he said, Behold the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard what he had said and followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following him and said to them, What are you looking for? They said to him, Rabbi, which translated means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, Come and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him that day. It was about four in the afternoon. Andrew, the brother of Simon Peter, was one of the two who heard John and followed Jesus. He first found his own brother, Simon, and told him, We have found the Messiah, which is translated Christ. Then he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, the son of John. You will be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. The Gospel of the Lord. Well, good morning and still Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Uh, in our gospel reading today, uh, kind of squeezed in between kind of two major things. We see John the Baptist uh, proclaiming, Behold the Lamb of God, and then we see the introduction of Peter. But tucked right in the middle of that, squeezed in between those two major elements, uh, the disciples want to see where Jesus is staying. They want to see where he's at. And uh, it's kind of interesting, um, our saint today, Saint um, Elizabeth Ann Seton, famous for education and her care of the poor, but like many saints, she also understood how to find where Jesus was, the presence of Jesus. Where does he stay? Where is he at? Um, I found this uh, really interesting quote. I mean, you can find these by most saints, but uh, hers was especially telling, I think. She says, as birds in changing their places find the air wherever they fly, and fish who live in the water are surrounded by that element wherever they swim, so wherever we go, we must find God everywhere. He is more within us than we are in ourselves. God everywhere. We don't always see that, but the saints see that. They see God everywhere. They see Jesus' presence. We think of that term abide. We want to be with Jesus all the time. Abide. We want him in and we want to be with him all the time. Um, related, but it may seem like I'm jumping ship too quickly, but, um, you know, this is the time of year you think about, uh, you know, something, goals for the new year. Uh, in our DNA group, uh, somebody uh, offered up a book that says instead of some sort of uh, decision that you're going to make to try and follow, um, Maybe just one word, not two words, one word. 
as your goal and something to remember for the year. Just one word. It's really kind of hard when you really think about it. Just one word. Well, I, I came across one word. Of course, it's Hebrew, so <laughs> it's not something we'll use all the time. Uh, but the word is dara. It's D-A-R-A-T. Um, I found it uh, during the second week of Advent. Uh, it was from the book of Isaiah. Um, so this was where it came from. It says, I, the Lord your God, teach you what is for your good and lead you on the way you should go. If you would hearken to my commandments, your prosperity would be like a river and your vindication like the waves of the sea. Well, this word dara is really lead you, lead you. So you could say, well, that's a, that's a great word, lead you. Let Jesus lead me. That would, be, that would be what I'm thinking about all year long. Let Jesus lead me. Well, when you look a little bit closer with this word, uh, it's a really old word. We find it in the early books in Joshua and Deuteronomy. Um, by the time Isaiah comes around, a lot of years later, it's lead me, but the early definition was take possession. So when Moses uh, or Joshua talked about getting and going into the promised land and you will possess all the fruits of the promised land, that was that word, dara, to take possession. And it's not all, it's not just, <laughs> I'm just going to give it to you and you'll be easy street. Uh, the Israelites had to do a lot of things to take over that uh, promised land, didn't they? There were battles to be fought. It wasn't easy. It has this feel of trampling on what's there. Now, when we think about how to apply that today, there's another definition, squeezed out, that kind of comes out. That's in the definition, squeezed out. So the Israelites, really, to realize the benefits and the fruits of the promised land, had to get rid of their attachments, of the idols that they had. That was the process they had to go through. It was their own belief that they had to cleanse to realize and inhabit the land, to possess the land. And this is exactly where this word, I think, has meaning for us. We have to squeeze out our attachments, the things that take us away from our relationship with Christ. Jesus is everywhere. That's what Elizabeth Ann Seton and the saints realize. Jesus is everywhere. We can't realize it because of our attachments and the idols that we have. And we have to squeeze those out. We have to surrender those things that really aren't the best for us. And that's this possession, which is really a great thing, to have Jesus be with us all the time, which he is, but for us to realize it by squeezing out those things that don't allow us to love him and accept him 
as much as we can. Uh, the interesting thing, uh, I think, about Joshua in the Old Testament, uh, he got to lead the Israelites into the Promised Land because he had already been there. If you remember, he was one of the spies that went in 40 years earlier and was very positive on their ability to take possession of the land. Well, in our trek here with Jesus and the Holy Spirit leading us, they've been there as well. In fact, they are the promised land. So we're being led by those that already are the promised land. That's who's leading us, and we need to allow them to squeeze out the things that are not of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Let's stand and offer our petitions.